I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. A new head coach and boy genius Mike McDaniel, the fastest cheetah to ever roam the football field, and an actual left tackle? Let me check your pulse if you're not fired up. Before we jump into a fresh episode of Finsider Radio, Jake and Josh want you to please, please, please hit that subscribe button if you haven't yet. Subscribing to the show is the best way to know when Jake and Josh have something cooking in the kitchen iTunes, Spotify, it doesn't matter. Following helps others find the show, and we want to thank you for that. Now, let's talk some dolphins. Happy Friday. Welcome in, everyone. This is Finsider Radio, the Jake and Josh show. Thank you all for letting us be part of your Friday and your weekend. I'm Jake Bendel, and we are going to go in on some wide receiver talk and everything that is happening at Miami Dolphins training camp. But before I do that, there's no Jake without Joshua. Joshua, man, how does it feel? You cannot refresh your Twitter feed without getting some news. It's the most wonderful time of the year, isn't it? I mean, it's what we, again, joined Twitter for. So I'm super stoked. We should say, I think the Dolphins are actually practicing as we're recording this. So maybe we'll have some news. I hope, hopefully nothing crazy like that. Tyree Kill, you know, breaking news. But um, I'm just stoked that we can come on here and have, you know, meaningful stuff to talk about. I mean, we had football yesterday, right? I mean, I didn't watch much of it, but football is finally back in our life. So I couldn't be better, Jake. How have you been? Dude, uh, I went to trivia for the first time in a very long time last nice. night. and. And the uh, the topic was the sun. So obviously team name nice. Icarus. <laughs> and there was a question. It was like the third round or whatever it may be. And it was like, which supervillain said the power of the sun in the palm of my hands? And we ended up going with um, someone from like Despicable Me Too. 
And like, I was like throwing out names, joking. And like the one I like stuck with was Dr. Octopus from Spider-Man. I think it was Spider-Man 2 uh, back in the Tobey Maguire ones. And so, you know, there were times where we're having a couple of drinks. We're talking a little louder than we should. And, you know, we, we could pick up that people were like listening and, and like using our answers. We didn't do well. Like people who listened to us got, got stuff wrong, but so we hand in despicable me too. And all of a sudden, you know, he's reading out the answers out loud. Dr. Octopus, Dr. Octopus, Dr. Octopus. I'm like, no way. Like, why is everybody listening to me? I'm not that loud. And then he goes already. So the answer is Dr. Octopus. It, dude, it blew my mind. It absolutely blew my mind that doctor. Why does the octopus need a son? Why? What, what is the point of that? So, so you had the answer all along. You just weren't confident in it. Is that it was complete BS. Yeah, oh no, I, I wasn't even, it wasn't even that I wasn't like, I never would have put that as my answer. It was like a joke. That's incredible. I thought you were going to say that you said Sterling Hoffrichter, the new punter that the Dolphins just signed. Jake, I thought maybe that's who you were going to say the supervillain <laughs> was. Um, I, I don't know how much it matters, but the Dolphins waved Tommy Heatherly and they signed a punter today. So um, I was trying to, you know, do a perfect segue there and completely botched that. But, oh, dude, I, I, have not, I have not played trivia in forever and I would have done absolutely terrible with the sun. But that's hilarious that so you had Dr. Octopus. You had it down and you, you went with Despicable Me. And, you know, there was obviously what, what's Florida's nickname, the Sunshine State, was a, a good one. But, Josh, you brought up the punter situation. And uh, Hoffrichter, the new punter, uh, was a seventh-round pick by the Atlanta Falcons in 2020. He's not one of those extraordinary, you know, third-round punters that we see once every uh, 40, 50 years, whatever it may be. Josh, I don't think we need to spend too much time on this, but I do remember a couple podcasts ago we wondered if, you know, there there was going to be competition for Morstead if he has a secure spot. And this this kind of tells me he does that, you know, the Dolphins are maybe looking for that practice squad guy or in case there's an injury or maybe next year. This kind of tells me that, uh, you know, Heatherly wasn't the guy. And I think Morstead pretty much has it locked up at this point. But I mean, we don't know for sure that's something that could be thrown right back in my face in about two weeks or so. Yeah, and but let's not pretend that Morstead isn't 36 years old. I mean, I think we told the story of how he reached out to the Dolphins. So um, it goes back to the quote from today from Mike McDaniel. I think he said, you know, too much competition never hurt anyone. So, um, you know, they didn't see enough from Heatherly. They brought in another punter. I, again, I don't think it's going to push Thomas Morstead. Or let's be honest, I don't even know if the Dolphins would keep a punter on the practice squad. Is that something teams would do? I, that seems that seems crazy to me. But, um, again, more competition, nothing wrong with that. And he does have some experience. Again, like you said, draft in 2020, another move the Dolphins made over the last few days uh, the team cut Adam Butler uh, Mike McDaniel also we've talked about this said you know he's not CBA expert but some of the terminology in that contract I guess almost forced the Dolphins hand to release him because he did fail physical so um, nine-year pro John Jenkins will likely be that fourth lineman like you said Benito Jones the name we got to throw out there I mean I have a few tweets with um, him blowing up the backfield and making some plays I know he's a player that we've all kind of you know rooted for throughout camp and then you have the big three Wilkins Davis and Sealer. I mean I don't know your thoughts Jake but that is one of the better front three you know that tandem right there that trio right there you know gets me excited because they're all big maulers that can do a little bit of everything and Josh I think that's probably the one part of the defense we haven't talked enough about is that interior of the defensive line man I think it's going to be bananas I kind of like the depth of both John Jenkins and Adam Butler uh, but considering the situation considering that you do have a, a riser like Benito Jones someone who's been around the team for a while someone who knows this defense that's really interesting to see, especially, you know, Wilkins had his big breakout year last year. Uh, Zach Sealer earning an orange jersey training camp. I think it was number six. And shout out to Merrick Brave for tracking the orange jerseys for us on the Finsider website. Uh, but, man, it's it's kind of a squad here. And, and something that kind of caught me off guard a little bit, Raekwon Davis, the 30-year pro, second-round pick. I mean, 
we're never going to forget how excited Brian Flores was to see him kind of fall into the lap. I mean, we were kind of hoping for a running back, but I mean, Raquan Davis has been absolutely awesome since they drafted him. He went out and Josh, I think this was Wednesday said that he's at the lightest weight since his sophomore season at Alabama. You know, he's cut down on the food. He's not snacking with the kids anymore. So man, you kind of take a step back on that. You got Raquan Davis, you got Robert Hunt, Austin Jackson, three guys who very noticeably have, have, adjusted their body, you know, lost a lot of weight. How do you feel? You know, I can't really think we, we can't, we're not in a point where we can say, Hey, that was a good or a bad thing, but does this kind of feel like that they're buying into that McDaniel system where, you know, Hey, for guys like Jackson and hunt, you need to be a little more athletic for the wide zone. You need to be able to move a little bit more instead of just those big guys who are um, not ones to be moved around a lot, I guess I should say. Yeah, 100%. That to me means they're buying in. Um, I wish I had the same kind of willpower Raekwon Davis has. I mean, whenever my kids don't finish their food <laughs> or something, I'm there picking at it, even if I don't want it. And um, you can definitely tell, but I do think they're absolutely buying into this, Jake. And uh, Mike McDaniel spoke about that. I think he said they didn't really tell the players they had to cut down to this weight, but they kind of showed the players, you know, if you want to have success in this system, if you want to be the best, you know, pro that you can be, this is what, you know, we've seen in the past. This is what type of athletic traits you need to have, you know, maybe what kind of weight you're at. And I guess, um, Another cool thing he said was, you know, you don't want these guys retiring in a few years and saying, what if? So why not get in the best shape of your life and, you know, go out mm-hmm. there and do the best you can? So I absolutely think they're buying into it. And I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it because, you know, again, these are a lot of young players, you know, that are going into those year threes, especially on the offensive line. I mean, I think you mentioned Austin Jackson being one of those guys, Robert Hunt. I mean, some of these guys look like, you know, they were, they look like Eddie Lacy almost, you know, I mean, um, they look like <laughs> they could be running back. So um, definitely excited, definitely stoked for the way they're buying in. And um, I think, you know, it's going all throughout the roster, Jake, when you look at it, because the receiving core, you know, they're starting to buy into what Wes Welker's doing. And you're starting to see, you know, some of these younger players, you know, I think he said he spoke to Eric Ezukoma and said, you know, the way I got into this league was every night before I went to bed, I drew up the plays and he has his receiving room, all those receivers doing that exact same thing. And that's where, dude. You did it. That, that was I, I tried that. I did segue. try that. That one. was the perfect segue. Beautiful, man. Beautiful. So we're going to jump into some stock up, some stock down based on some training camp notes. Obviously, none of this stuff is the Bible. Don't take it too, too serious. And it's worth noting, man, I'm just going to run through the first seven days of training camp, uh, the, the orange jerseys, because I mean, I think that's been pretty fun to watch. I don't know how much that even means if it's more of a confidence boost, if it is actually a result of guys playing well. Uh, but Alec Ingold, Jalen Waddle, Liam Eichenberg, Javon Holland, Tyreek Hill, Zach Sealer, and Tua Tungavaloa. He was the most recent one uh, as of this recording. So, Josh, is there anyone there you want to talk about, or do you just want to kind of jump into the stock up? Um, I don't think we really need to dive into too many of them. I mean, I love seeing Zach Sealer here. I guess the biggest thing would be a lot of these guys are, you know, two times. You know, we saw Javon Holland win it for the second time. Then Tyree Kill, I think, too, is also one of those two-timers. So, um, you know, we kind of originally thought maybe this orange jersey was a participation trophy. I mean, now we're starting to see some of these guys, you know, um, getting it for two times and, you know, maybe eventually we'll see three. So um, I, again, I love this orange Jersey. I just hope it translates to us getting those throwbacks, you know, the ones where we all remember Chad Henney hitting tag in deep with Darrell Revis, you know, trailing in coverage. And um, those days I, I would like to see that orange Jersey. That'd be really cool. And I think that's just kind of the voice stock of up for the orange Jersey. <laughs> yes. Yes. The first stock up is the orange Jersey. And that's kind of our generation, right? That's our like throwback type of thing. We get to say we saw Ted Ginn. How exciting is that? Uh, but Josh, the real excitement in training camp, the Dolphins, you know, they started with their third round pick. They drafted Channing Kendall, but Eric Ezukoma, man, the fourth 
fifth round pick. He's emerging as a dark horse with a strong start to training camp. Miami Herald, that was one of their headlines. Go check out that uh, article where McDaniel came out and said, I've been very encouraged with how Azucomas handled himself and corrected things. The mistakes are changing. They're not the same ones, and that's what you want. So I'm happy about that. And Josh, that's kind of the point in training camp, right? Everyone kind of freaks out, you know, oh, this guy fumbled or, you know, a drop pass. But I mean, this is the time to do it. This is the time where you're trying to find your rhythm and understand what your job is on the football field. And as combo man it is really standing out and it's kind of a little exciting when, you know, you kind of put your eyes on that first round pick, that second round pick, how they can come in and have that instant impact. The dolphins might find these instant impact players in the fourth, fifth round, which is a little exciting. Yeah. And they're going to have an impact, you know, sooner than we expected. I mean, we both kind of said, you know, maybe a couple years down the road, you know, as is going to be that problem in the slot, maybe take over Cedric Wilson, but it almost sounds like, you know, they're pushing him right now in camp as crazy as that is. Uh, we have to mention his big body, six foot two kind of reminds you again, I think we said it a, a faster, quicker Devonte Parker. And that was actually one of his comps. Um, the dark horse thing came from Tua's mouth himself. He was talking about Braylon Sanders, who we'll get into in a second and Eric Ezukoma and said, I've been very impressed with them. They have very good ball tracking skills. They're long and they're fast. The hardest thing for them is translating plays and where to line up, but they've been impressive. So, I mean, you hear Mike McDaniel talking about him. You you hear Tua talking about him. Wes Welker's raved about him, and I went back to that story. You know, he's drawn up the plays before bed, so maybe I, you can only imagine how quickly, you know, that's helping him, how much he's going to get better, and that was the thing. I, I liked what I saw on tape. You know, he's a bully with the ball in his hands, can go up there and get those, um, you know, go up there and get those one-on-one balls, but the thing that I liked most was what he could, you know, potentially become with Wes Welker now, teaching him how to be a mm-hmm. route runner. So, we're starting to see it again. Again, I think he's probably wide receiver four, right? But uh, put the fact that we're even hearing his name up there, you know, from two and Mike McDaniel says that he's going out there and balling. So stock up, Eric Ezekoma. The Jaws music is definitely there. And it goes back to what we were saying during the book club that this offense is, isn't going to be like the generic, like, um, uh, formations you're used to, you got your big, you know, X wide receiver out, you know, you got your speedy guy in the slot. I mean, Jalen Waddle, Tyree kill. That's your one, two punch. Those are going to be your, receivers probably most of the time out wide they're obviously going to get try to get guys in the slot and that's why you it was, it was kind of interesting like I thought they'd keep Devontae Parker as that big physical body you know on the other side of Mike Asiki who can catch balls over the middle but I mean they're getting that out of Eric Azucoma and I'd be really interested to be in that wide receiver room and wonder how much Muhammad Sanu is kind of helping someone like Azucoma because Sanu you know he comes in right before training camp has experience with Mike McDaniel and hey man he is also six foot two hmm yeah, I think, was it the last podcast? One of them, we said how C.K. Pair dropped a highlight and compared the two. And yeah, man, I think, you know, having Muhammad Sanu there, Trent Sherfield, who, you know, starting to sound like he might even be a lock for this um, roster, having them help these young guys is definitely getting that offense, you know, instilled a little bit faster. I do have to apologize. I didn't even know you had the quote there from um, Ezukoma drawing up plays. That That's my bad. I didn't even read that. But um, I'm excited to see what Ezukoma does. And another player, Braylon Sanders. I mean, we talked about him a little bit. I think most of the stuff you see with him is, um, you know, you're hearing about him making one-handed grabs. You know, there's photos on the Dolphins website. And you go back to college, he's doing the same thing. So this is a player that's definitely kind of sneaking under the radar, or at least was. Now his stock's way up. And I guess the thing I got to ask, Jake, do you see him potentially in on the practice squad? Or do you see him, you know, beating out some of these other guys? Because I think you had it written down here somewhere, but I mean, I'm a little bit worried about Lynn Bowden, you know, his stock, what could happen here? Because, um, you know, I lost Isaiah Ford last year. You know, you, we talk about Preston Williams <laughs> and how much I like him and Lynn Bowden Jr. I mean, there's honestly a chance and we'll talk about it later, but I could lose both Preston Williams and Lynn Bowden Jr. This offseason, And dude, that'd be a dagger to my heart. 
But me, man, I, I kind of think Braylon Sanders might be a coach's decision. And obviously they pick who everyone who makes the roster. But when it comes to game planning, man, uh, I've really enjoyed listening to Wes Welker talk all training camp. I think he's been a very interesting guy. Uh, he had this to say about Braylon Sanders talking about he had great body control. He has great hands. He has speed doing a lot of great things out there. He's progressing like Eric as It's never easy as a rookie coming in, especially on offense. So, Josh. Both Sanders and Welker went undrafted, and there's a little story out there that Welker was the first one to call Sanders after uh, the draft. It was like right after it ended. Uh, Sanders did have the numbers to get drafted in that sixth, seventh round as a as a shot guy. He has back-to-back seasons with 20 yards per catch at Ole Miss, uh, 30 and 40-yard receptions on Tuesday. Josh, am I so so? Take out the this guy reminds me of Tavon uh, Austin. Could he not be like that gadget guy who you just kind of get the ball in open space and he just goes? Because that's kind of what it feels like. He can be that big, uh, you know, that big play guy who you're not really paying attention to. He's a little bit smaller, but he can kind of go up, get the ball. He can run away from guys. That's how I kind of feel. If he makes the roster, he'd fit into this offense. McDaniel would have to have, you know, 10, 15 plays a game uh, where he's out there and trying to be a mismatch. And sometimes it'll work. Sometimes it won't. But just to have that package out there, I think that's how Braylon Sanders makes the roster. Yeah, and you mentioned it being a coaching decision. I think that's kind of one of my favorite parts. And also the least favorite part when you know you're trying to project this depth chart is the fact that this coaching staff's coming in here with a clean slate, basically. And they don't mm-hmm. have, you know, um, you know, they don't have the same kind of um, I guess admiration I have for Limboda Jr. and Preston Williams, some of those other guys, and that's good, you know, it's not clouding their judgment. So um, I love that Wes Welker was the first guy to call him up. I'm gonna temper my expectations. I won't jump on this bandwagon because again, every single, you know, acorn and these guys that I watch a tape of get excited for it. They they're leaving me now. So I won't get too excited about Braylon Sanders for that reason alone, yeah. but he's making those big plays, making those one-handed catches and I'm here for it. I guess my only concern would be is ideally, I mean, you'd like to plan him on the practice squad, but then a team could just come and poach him off. Cause all it takes is him making one of those one-handed catches or those touchdowns in preseason. And you know, he's going to be the talk of the town. So stock up for Braylon uh, Sanders. I'm excited to see what he can do. But again, that wide receiver core, man, that thing is loaded and dolphins have a lot of tough decisions to make. Switching over to the defensive side of the ball, Trill Williams. This is a guy, I think he's been lurking around the Dolphins since that 2019 season. He kind of reminds me of Nick Needham in the sense that he just keeps fighting, right? He had a few splashy, splash-worthy plays this offseason, one being an interception in the red zone. And this is what Cedric Wilson had to say about him. He goes, yeah, Trill definitely had a few good days in camp, a big, physical, young player as well. That sounds like the type of corner back the Miami Dolphins have been working for uh Wilson went on to say that he has a high ceiling on his game and man these are the type of stories I like to see because these are the type of players who can come in and have that instant impact you know uh Xavier Howard Byron Jones these are guys who have you know everybody gets hurt in the NFL these are guys who it's not easy for them to play 16 games Trill Williams is another guy I mean we're kind of hoping the Noah Igbenogany you know rebound plan works out but Williams I think he can come in and, and be that guy right away if he continues you know this trajectory yeah, and he's young, six foot one, 205 pounds. I think there was a video from last year. I was searching some of my True Williams uh, tweets, and there was a play made. I don't know if it was in the joint practices with the Bears or if it was in preseason, but he just laid this the receiver on his ass. So he's a physical corner. I mean, that kind of goes in line with what we've seen from the Dolphins. And I think it's cool, Jake. I looked it up to make sure I was right. He did go undrafted, was signed with the Saints, and then he was waived three days after he was signed um, on May 17th for failing a physical and the Dolphins picked him up then on that day. So this was a player the Dolphins had to have their eyes on, you know, for uh, throughout the draft process, probably a guy one of the one to sign undrafted, but um, we know how much success, I guess, Brian Flores previously had, you know, building some of these guys up. 
You throw in what Josh Boyer knows about the secondary, then Sam Madison, Patrick Sertan. Who knows, man? But it sounds like Trillium is making play after play, locking down some of those corners. And, you know, when you're a little bit concerned about Byron Jones, I know Mike McDaniel said he's, you know, on pace, barring any setbacks to be ready week one. You know, I think, you know, having Trill Williams right there with a, like a Nick Needham. I mean, that's the perfect thing right there. Yeah, the perfect player you mentioned, Nick Needham. That's kind of what I see here. And again, Nick Needham has been a vital piece to this defense. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. One of the better slot corners in the league. And that just kind of goes to show how great the, the, you know, the GM, the front office has been at finding these guys and fitting it to the mold. And it goes back to, you know, the Adam Gaze, the Joe Philbin. The Dolphins were always, you know, getting great players, but they might not always have been the same uh, right for the system. You know what I mean? And it just is nice to see everyone on the same page, you know, looking for the same type of players. Uh, but Josh, you mentioned him twice already. It just goes to show how much this is tearing at your heartstrings. Let's go to stock down. Preston Williams, he said he wasn't really getting the touches he deserves. And I think I spoke about this uh, last week, but it kind of this kind of feels like, man, it's just the odd man out. You know, it's a new coaching staff, a new system, and and you just don't get that same guaranteed whatever 20 percent of snaps in training camp that you would have if it was, you know, Brian Flores as in that offensive coaching staff that we had a year ago, just because, you know, you got the River Crawcrafts, the Trent Sherfield, who, you know, Mike McDaniel guys who are going to get snaps. Yeah, and also the tempo. I mean, I think he even said they're playing fast, 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 but that's fewer reps for some of these guys. So I I think what's kind of going to separate Preston Williams, obviously it seems like he's kind of already the man out, but I mean, I don't know if you saw his presser, man, but his attitude, I mean, he just looked like he was defeated and, you know, kind of pouty. And that's not, you know, what we've seen out of any of these guys uh, Mm -hmm. since Mike McDaniel got here. So I continue to go back to, you know, the Arizona game, uh, thinking about how awesome that was watching him and Tua get that chemistry. You know, he showed so much promise throughout his career here, but um, it does sound like he's the odd man out, but I can see Preston Williams landing with a team that needs a receiver and making an impact. I don't know if you saw it, but a fantasy uh, Twitter account was saying that yeah, Dallas should trade a second round pick for Preston Williams. And sure. everyone was yeah. like, yeah, uh, is that a final <laughs> deal? Like, can we finalize that right here? So um, it's sad to see Preston Williams go out this way. But again, it goes back to this being a new coaching staff. They have their own players that fit their mold. And, um, you know, when you got Eric Ezukoma making those plays, you know, you signed Cedric Williams that Cedric Wilson, that bigger contract. I mean, there just isn't any room for the unicorn. So um, I'm going to be heartbroken if Preston and Lynn Bowden Jr. both get uh, the ax. But if I had to pick one, I think I would cut the unicorn and keep LBJ around because of his versatility and because I've been hanging on to that unicorn thing for way too long, man. Yeah, and to go back to that Cardinals game just for a second, Lewis Riddick, ESPN, you know, uh, he said some silly things about the tanking. But one of my favorite quotes from him is that, you know, if you're in the NFL, Oh, you, you can make plays happen, but it's the good ones. The ones that stick around are the ones that can do it consistently. And, you know, Preston Williams has that talent, but is it at a point where he can maintain that for a season? We haven't really saw that Josh moving on to another Williams that I'm kind of surprised you put him in the stock down and I might put you a little bit on this one, Connor Williams. So Josh, tell me why you put him in the stock down. 
Yeah, well, let me just say it's all based off of what we're seeing. I guess we're reading from training camp, but um, there have been a few bad snaps, some high snaps, some you know miscommunication up front. So I was nitpicking. You had him as a stock up. I thought maybe he's closer to a stock down, and I thought you know it'd be a good uh, dialogue for us to create to sit here and go back and forth. But uh, Michael Dieter, I do have to throw this out there. He was kind of the guy that. I guess I kind of thought it would be slated at center when they signed mm-hmm. Connor Williams. I didn't think they would tra- transition him over there, but it does sound like he'll be back sooner than later. So I don't know how that shakes things up, but it does sound like Connor Williams is struggling a little bit in camp. But like Mike McDaniel said, uh, you know, if they weren't working on it, then he'd be concerned. But it sounds like, um, you know, they're they're going at it, staying extra after practice. And that that's what this training camp and preseason is for, right? To, to get some of those kinks and bruises out of the way. And I think the only reason I saw him as a stock up, uh, well, Two, two reasons. There was some bad snaps, some high snaps, but there hasn't been a single fumble. So I think that's like the, the important thing to differentiate here, that the snaps haven't been like right where they need to be. And when you're playing with the tempo that the Dolphins want to play with, if it's a little off, you know, it kind of makes the play a little wonky. Uh, but also, man, not only has there been a fumble, but I think this is the only way you get Liam Eichenberg on the field, right? I think you need a pencil man at that left guard. I don't think he's lining up anywhere on that right side. He didn't do too, too much over their last season. I mean, Austin Jackson, everyone's kind of liking him so far and training camp and, and Rob Hunt. I mean, he's just awesome. So I think, man, this is this is the the two birds or with one stone type of situation where I think you want to get Liam Eikenberg in the lineup, someone you traded up for. I think that'd look kind of bad if he's not part of that lineup, but that'd be kind of an interesting scenario where, you know, it, do you think Michael Dieter comes back and instantly has that starting center job or is he out there with the second team when he when he's healthy? Yeah, I think at this point, he's just a role player. I think, you know, you can now feel a little bit better about the center position knowing that Dieter has experience snapping the football, you know, and can come in if Connor Williams goes down. But it does sound like this is Connor Williams' job to lose. And um, and one thing that I thought was interesting, Jake, during uh, Mike McDaniel's press conference today, he talked about how Frank Smith, the Dolphins offense coordinator, was Ben Roethlisberger's center in college. That was something I didn't know. And then uh, Mike McDaniel was just raving about how, you know, in his past coaching experiences, he's been able to transition guards to center. So he didn't sound concerned about the high snaps, did not sound concerned about Connor Williams, I guess, you know, having some up and down days. So I think he's definitely going to be solidified there. And at this point, Michael Dieter just hopes to stick right as a backup center, you know, maybe shows that he can play guard or something like that if someone goes down. But yeah, that's Connor Williams jobs to lose. Those are the definitive guys that we're kind of picking up on. And a couple guys we want to talk about Lynn Bowden Jr. Josh, I wouldn't be too worried about him just yet. I mean, he tweeted out eyeball, nothing crazier than that. Uh, but then I think it was Wes Welker who said, we're going to come out and we're going to get him more snaps. Uh, so how have you been feeling about Lynn Bowden Jr.? Obviously, you want to hear all the praise. You want to see him on the Instagram videos, which hasn't been the case. But but I wouldn't even start nailing that coffin anytime soon. Yeah, I kind of felt, I mean, I was talking about Preston Williams Mope and I kind of felt bad because I think it was right the next day that we're talking to Wes Welker and he mentioned Lynn Bowden Jr. needed to get more targets. So, I mean, that had to be just a, you know, a, a shot to the gut, but um, you're right. We, we, maybe we should just wait and see what happens throughout camp, but it just, again, seems like Lynn Bowden Jr. is that guy on the outskirts. And after last year, I mean, we still don't even know what really happened there, right? I mean, I thought at the time we thought that, you know, the Dolphins were stashing Lynn Bowden on the injured reserve throughout the whole season. I mean, um, I feel bad for him because ever since he's been traded, it's just been an up and down roller coaster. So um, hoping he I can mean, even it. before, uh, I mean, Los Angeles oh, yeah, was not yeah. treating him well. They were like, diminishing his value. They were 
they were they drafted me it's not been easy transition him to receiver or something like that so Mm -hmm. um this is a guy that i've been rooting for and i I hope he can find a way to stick on this roster and then we also added i added cedric wilson here because it went back to the ezukoma stuff i mean you're not hearing the same i guess if no news is good news maybe but i don't think that we've heard cedric wilson making those big plays in one-on-one coverage like you've heard about ezukoma but maybe that's because one's a rookie and one's a veteran and it's kind of to be expected so thoughts on either of those I think Cedric, I think you're right on Cedric Wilson, where it's just not as exciting to talk about the the you know the experienced veteran. Um, and it goes back to one of my favorite jokes to make about training camp is is it the offense playing well or is the defense really bad? And then you can kind of flip that. I just think it's it's important to talk about Cedric Wilson because if Ezukoma is playing well and he's getting snaps, he's probably the, I mean he's not going to take him from Jalen Waddle or Tyreek Hill. That that just ain't happening. Uh, so I think that's a little interesting point just to kind of keep in mind. But these are two guys. They're really similar. I can't wait to see them both on the field at the same time. You know, just devastating guys in the slot who can use their big body to move the ball down the field. Uh, he, I think I've seen some tweets where, you know, one-on-one, uh, those reps, he's he's been looking pretty good. But overall, I think he's going to be someone that's worth watching. And I think, too, that just because, you know, he might be a little more quiet on the in training camp doesn't mean, you know, he comes out week two and, you know, uh, 70 yards and a touchdown or whatever it may be. Yeah, and I think you're right. There were definitely videos going around of Cedric Wilson catching pass from Tua. The hardest thing for me, man, is these videos are great, but it's so hard to see what numbers out there. I think there was a video going so around hard, that Ezukoma yeah. was getting credit for, and they're saying today it might have been uh, somebody else. So um, I guess take all everything that's tweeted and with a grain of salt. But um, last thing, I was trying to check because I wanted to make sure we got it on this podcast if we could, and Andrew Van Ginkle's wearing the orange jersey. So uh, I think he's in a contract year. You know, he's starting to kind of, I don't want to say get forgotten about in that, you know, in the defensive line room, but he's one of those guys that we're not talking about as much as, you know, Jalen Phillips and Agba and some of these other guys. So um, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I can only imagine Andrew Van Ginkle's playing like uh, what guns and roses or something crazy. Oh dude, it's got it. It's everything from the eighties, you know, some Judas priest, some iron maiden We're we're getting all that. And I think a reason for that, man, it's just, it's never been too flashy for him. Right. He, I think a fifth round, pick and it's been the slow climb up that ladder I think he had a blocked punt his rookie year and it's just been a few plays here and there that's really let him establish himself it's been he's he hasn't been consistent but it's been those peaks and those valleys they've been really worthwhile for him and I think man this pass rush unit something the Dolphins have been looking for for so long I mean even when they had Cameron Wake everyone else was you know terrible in that pass rush unit so I mean you think about uh, Agba Phillips Melvin Ingram and Andrew Van Ginkle trying to get that second contract man if he continues to make noise I mean that's kind of like found money because I I hate to say this but I was kind of writing him off a little bit as one of those guys you know maybe he'd be a starter maybe he'd play like 60 70 percent of the uh, snaps but I didn't really envision you know the big plays coming from him and you know he's gonna hopefully make me my words yeah, I mean, that's all we hope for. I mean, we're all rooting for Andrew Van Ginkle. He's that guy that we've always seen flying around with his long blonde hair in the back. So stoked that he won the orange jersey. And again, in a contract year, hopefully he can elevate his game to the next level. But um, if he does that, like you said, the Dolphins probably won't be able to pay for that contract. Um, you have written down here, Dolphins are favored by two. Dolphins are favored by two and a half points against the Bucks next week. How much do you think they'll get booed? <laughs> Oh, man, considering the uh, fines, the suspensions that were just handed down, that crowd is going to be rowdy in Tampa Bay, which I think is going to be a little fun to see. I just thought that was an interesting point, especially with the Hall of Fame game going on. We get to see Mark Davis eating some chicken wings. We're a week away, man. We are a week away from football. Why did they have to show him eating chicken wings, though? I mean, there was no reason for that. No one wanted to see that ever, and that that was brutal. Um, I got nothing. Got nothing. 
I don't know what you mean, man. He is an absolute stud. He is a complete stud. And some housekeeping things. I see the timer ticking us out here. So, Josh, first and foremost, if you, everyone, our listeners who are nice enough to let us be part of their day, if you are enjoying the show, please, please, please hit that subscribe button. And if you send us a screenshot that you're subscribed to the show, we will be giving out a free copy of Madden. And we're going to announce that on August 10th. So, you know, all you got to do is send one of us a screenshot. Um, If you're not on Twitter, you can just email me at jmendel31 at gmail.com. And if you leave a review on iTunes and you mention our book club, that is two more chances in the drawing. So, Thank you. Thank you for everyone who's gone and done that. And man, with the season picking up, this feed is getting a little more attention. The Blowhole, another SB Nation Miami Dolphins podcast is on this feed as well. You're going to get some in your feed from the SB Nation, uh, their national show when they're talking about the Dolphins. But it's pretty easy to differentiate them. So if you're hoping to, you know, log on to this and listen to the Blowhole, obviously it's going to it's going to be pretty obvious which one's which. So, you know, uh, we appreciate everyone who's let us be in their feed for so long and will continue to do so. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. Cause without you, I say it all the time. There is no less. I remember what I wanted to say, Jake. Uh, I Uh-oh. think I, I think I, re- I just, I was just gonna say, I think I read Tom Brady was out for that Tampa Bay game. And I yeah. don't think he was going to play. And then uh, that reminded me that uh, Mike McDaniel was asked today about, you know, the starters and he said, some starters might play, some starters might not play. So um, very, very vague Analysis. there, but I don't think we can expect too many of the Dolphins starters to go in that week one game. I do believe it's that week two preseason game that, you know, is uh, kind of the dress rehearsal. But guys, like Jake said, thank you so much for listening to this episode of SB Nation's Finside Radio, the Jake and Josh show. If you're not following Jake Mendel, go on Twitter at J-M-E-N-D-E-L-94. Follow me if you'd like at Houts. But thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Finsider Radio. Jake and I will be back next week, bringing you the latest from Miami Dolphins training camp. But as always, before that, most importantly, fins up. Fins up. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins. Cause we're the Miami Dolphins